For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe Georgia Dog Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For a touchdown earlier on a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game. Fifty-three and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right. Snap. Hold. Kick is away. It's reaching. And it is good. 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 Hot pot does it. All right. Hot pot. Wilcox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel two. I went a little old school here with this one. All right, welcome. It is a live Friday edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Joining me is my man Israel Troop at Troopstar28. What's up? What's up, man? You really went back old school with that intro. I know I did. I have to I have to resurface it occasionally just uh, just to make just to feel a little nostalgic of kind of where we were a little while ago. Um and then the the the, the brand new one's going to be under construction. It's just going to be uh, a new a new logo reveal probably because um, I like the same video compilation that we've that we've been rolling with. So nice, that'll be good. Nice. And I'll start to add some. I'll start to replace some of the footage with uh, seasonal footage. So that'll be good too. Good deal. I like it. That's why you're the computer whiz and all this. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, you can follow us. Our, our, all our information is scrolling down below. Uh, the two of us joined forces with Vinny Hardy on on Beast of the East as well. So I'm going to give you Vinny's information too. You should give him a follow, um, and, and you should give us a listen every Monday night as well. Um, we are presented by betonline.ag. Uh, they continue to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs. You can bet on the MLB. You could probably – Go right on Monday and and, and bet on those uh, on, on that home run derby. Is is Ronald Acuna going to win it? I got my money on Pete Alonso personally, mm-hmm. but uh, you can bet on that. You can bet on the All Star Game as well. Preseason NFL futures, uh, college football futures. Who's going to win the conference? We went over those uh, a little while ago. So uh, a lot of fun stuff you can bet on. Just uh, go to the go to the website or on your mobile device. You can. Uh, Put that promo code believe that's B L E A V. You put that promo code in and get your 50% welcome bonus. They will match your first deposit up to 50%. That's outstanding. So do it, take advantage of it, and uh, tell them your, your, your two best dogs sent you. Absolutely. Bet, bet online, it's where the game starts. So, uh, true, we got a we got a lot to catch up on, man. We, uh, you know, we didn't see you last week, I didn't see you Monday. You were, uh, I guess both of us coming off dead period. We were, we were beaten, uh, yeah, man. dead we, tired. I had a golf tournament that I was in, so oh no, it's, it's been a and <laughs> school and football season about to start, so it's yeah, it's hit or miss. Now we actually start school in like two weeks, so yeah, it's it's same of- here. I know it's it's flying by. So we're gonna kind of be flying by the seat of our pants here. Uh, over the next few weeks, because uh, we practice late up here at Hillwood, and and I'm sure you've got uh, similar stuff going on, and we'll have seven on sevens and things like that. So mm-hmm. we'll be uh, we'll be going we'll be coming on at random times until school starts. Once school starts, we'll get our s- schedule stabilized, and we'll be able to come at you at the regular time. But um, I don't know about you, but we had a seven on seven last night, and for it be for us being so young, two 
two brand new quarterbacks that have never really played the position before. I thought we looked pretty good. We did. That's real good. We had a seven on seven yesterday too. Um, yesterday morning. Um, you know, we did pretty good. Um, you know, just still building chemistry. We got a new quarterback that just moved in. Um, young guy still learning the system. So, but he did pretty good yesterday. So, uh, we got an OTA on Monday. Um, get some live bullets at him. You know, leading the fall camp in another week. There you go. There you go. So, uh, the way the dead period works here in Tennessee, and and I I don't really like it because you lose a you lose a ton of momentum. Mm-hmm. We do a big two week block. Um. Uh, the week before and the week of July 4th. Yeah. So it's two whole weeks off. I I, I don't like that. I I, I like, you know, for, for development purposes, I mean, for vacation purposes, it's great, but for development purposes, it's just, we, we just, you just can't have any continuity. You don't, you know, you lose all of this momentum. I I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't care for that. I I would rather, I like what you do. And we've talked about it before Mm -hmm. the Memorial day week. Just start a week later, and you get that week back later around July fourth, and you and and I would rather be off the very first week right after school, give the kids time to decompress, and then come in. They work, they're off July fourth, and then you're you're good. You don't lose too much. Yeah, we're perfect. We get in. Um, it comes in right after spring ball, um, right when everybody's getting out of school on that first Memorial week. You know, we get out. Um, you know, give everybody a little bit of time to decompress. You know, school's out. You know, if you want to go on vacation, then that's great. Um, we come back for those next three weeks, and then we're off for the fourth for that whole week, and then now we're back at it. So um, I never – when you told me that, I was like, I don't understand how that's beneficial to any football team in Tennessee. I don't know why they're doing like that. It, it, um, it's not because you don't have a lot of people during that first week anyway because people go on vacation right after school. Absolutely, that. And you got players in different sports um, during mm-hmm. the springtime too. So, mm-hmm. you know, ours, ours marries up perfectly. Um, I think Tennessee, if you're listening, Tennessee people that has control over that. I think y'all need to look at what Georgia's doing. I'm pretty sure every other state kind of has their little deal as well. But, you know, two weeks back-to-back with no ball um, for coaches and players in general, I mean, that's not beneficial Mm -hmm. to anybody. Yeah, I mean, they they do it to say that that it allows time for vacation and decompression. But I I think that the two hottest spots for vacations are July 4th week and that week, that Memorial Day week. I think those are are your two – two hot spots for, for school age kids. So I don't know. I, I feel like you got to lean into it. I feel like you'd have less burnout because you go straight from spring practice to exams back to summer program. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, you don't get a whole lot of kids anyway. No. So, you know, why would you do it? Yep. That's, we that's lose it. a lot of kids during that time. Cause you know, you still got summer baseball, summer basketball. Um, yeah. So you know, it, it marries up perfectly, and then in July, I mean, we're pretty much football all the way. So, um, you know, maybe it'll get better. Maybe they'll do some some thinking about it and fix it. So, you yeah. know, I, I hope feel so. Free out for sure. TWSWA, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> this is well, this guy over here is the expert. He's in the state of Georgia, down in South Georgia. So, please, please, please heed his advice. So, is it all summers? And and if if you're coming on here. Uh, searching for Georgia content. We will get to that, I promise. But we're two high school coaches, so we're naturally going to talk some high school ball too. Um, do you guys have certain restrictions in June that you don't have in July? Um, I think you can only do maybe two padded camps in June. Um, I think you get two or three in July. Um, we're not allowed to go pads or anything um, at all. I mean, it's pretty much helmet through that whole entire time. And then um not next week but a week after we start acclimation so we start helmet shoulder pads things like that mm-hmm. you know um we're still kind of in the heat advisory right now um you know especially with the rainy season hurricane season coming in down here too um, trying to beat the heat and the rain um so you know it's kind of hit or miss every once in a while down here but uh, i think they got it structured pretty well down here to where everything kind of marries up leading into um, some teams you can have two scrimmages, which would be that um, August fifth. Um, then the second scrimmage is August twelfth, leading to the season August nineteenth. Okay, yeah, we y- y'all start the season, y'all start your actual season a week later than we do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we like our first scrimmage is July 29th. Really? Dang. Um, yeah, so, and we we got two <laughs> scrimmages in the jamboree. You start football. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, like, here, our schedule is going to be crazy. And I, and I love it because we're, we're a smaller team. So we, we kind of need some of this stuff. But uh, we have a seven on seven next Thursday. Uh, we're our next Friday is our last Friday that we're off. Uh, then we turn around, we have a scrimmage on Friday. Then when the, the following Tuesday, we have an NFL style work day with, with Donaldson Christian. And then that Friday we have another scrimmage. So we will get three opponents within a week span. Mm-hmm. So like, so like Donaldson Christian Academy, who are, who are the, the private school division class a champions state champions will come in and, uh, and, and give us a work day. So we'll do all, you know, we'll do seven on seven against them. We'll do padded seven on seven against them. We'll do inside yeah, team stuff like that. We'll, yeah. It's like a regular OTA. That's how we do our OTAs down here. Mm-hmm. Um, basically the same format. Um, and y'all are allowed what three of those in, uh, in June. Yeah. Three in June, three in I July. Love I absolutely love that. And you're allowed, are you allowed to wear pads? Uh, yeah, you can wear you uppers, do those? uppers and a girdle. Uppers and a girdle. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I, I TWSW, if you're listening, OTAs. <laughs> <laughs> I would do. I would take. I would use every single one of those days to go get yeah. somebody. We kind of spread them out throughout the summer so we don't burn our guys out. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you know some are free, some you pay for, just depending on you know the format of how they do it, how many teams they got coming. Um, mm-hmm. So on Monday we go down to Camden. Um, I think there's going to be like six or seven teams down there. Yeah. Um, we did one at Glen Academy up here near us um, right before we got out for the dead week. Um, so, you know, um, it, gives our, it gives our kids a chance to go against somebody else. You know, they get tired of hitting and going against each other all the time. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good deal, especially, you know, working your linemen, working blitz packages and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, for defensive purposes, because um, drop eight is not what most defenses are going to do. So no, you gotta stop no. and run. Yeah. Um, give you a chance to work your run game, screen game, things like that. So yeah, we're gonna out. be pretty sporty in the screen and run game. So I think we we got two good running backs. I think we got a junior and a senior. And then two freshmen, I think, have some promise, but our junior and senior are gonna carry us. And we have our third guys probably not gonna get as many carries, but his carries will be impactful, literally, because he's he's about six three, two fifty. He's a load. Mm-hmm. But he's not—he's not exceptionally fast. He's—he and, and he's not exceptionally well in shape. So his yeah, carries are exactly. going to be limited. But you—you you still got to tackle the dude. So for for that reason and that reason alone, he's uh, he's going to get some carries in there. So I'm—I'm um, I'm excited, you know. And and I didn't think we were going to be much of a passing team this year anyway. Um, but the fact that we did pretty well yesterday gives me a little bit of hope. So I think we'll be better than than. Uh, We'll certainly be we're, we're certainly better off right now than we ever were at any point last season. Oh, good. There you go. So, um, the attitudes are better, I think. Uh, that's, that's the biggest turning point. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh yeah, so. I mean, attitude and effort. I mean, that's mm-hmm. football. Exactly. Like, you, know, can you, can go, you can go in the wrong direction 100 miles an hour as long as you're going 100 miles an hour. I can coach that. So. Mm-hmm. I can turn you around and say, "Okay, here, do this, do that, do this." I have, I haven't, I haven't gone off yet. At this, I haven't gone off yet in camp. I haven't either. I'm trying this new approach of actually, you know, talking, you know, in a very calm voice, which scares my players more than me yelling at them. Yeah, it, and yeah, I appreciate I that. And I appreciate that because you save your voice for for uh, for this. <laughs> so we're we're good. We're good to go. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we're we're gonna be pretty good. So. Um, but the title of our show, Fall Camp Draws Near, so we're going to kind of touch on some some pre-SEC media days um, coverage and stuff like that, try to predict what the rest of the, the Georgia media wants to know or the national media wants to know about the Georgia Bulldogs. And um, the discussion that Vinny and I had uh, was in relation to Will Levis uh, on Monday because we kind of took a, took a peek at – the Kentucky Wildcats on uh, on Monday's show. So if you want to know what George is going up against with uh, Kentucky, check out that. Uh, it's it's on our YouTube channel. It's linked to our YouTube channel. So so check that out, uh, BC the East. But uh, we talked about quarterbacks in particular and where will Levis fit. fit. Um, but I'm going to turn this discussion around because we're not believing Kentucky. I'm going to turn this into where does Stetson Bennett fit because 
you know, you look at some of these polls, he's not even in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And that's a major slap in the face, I think. Um, but but on the show, and if you look at us on TikTok, I posted a graph, I posted a, a clip of, of Vinny and I uh, discussing it. Um, number one's obviously Bryce Young, right? Mm-hmm. Can't really can't really debate that. But I think two through the rest of the league, you you can kind of you can kind of slot them in. And where I had Stetson, and he could go anywhere from he could go anywhere from three to six, I think. But I had yeah. I had him at four. I had I had uh, Young, mm-hmm. Bryce Young, at one. I had Hendon Hooker at two. Mm-hmm. I had Will Levis three, Stetson four, KJ Jefferson five, Max Johnson six, and the rest of the conference, whatever. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Um, I think KJ has a little bit more upside than Hooker. Um, you know, so I'd probably switch those two, and mine would be Levis. Um, I just said his name, just lost it. Um, Arkansas's quarterback. Jefferson. Jefferson, um, Hooker. Um, so you put Hooker? I think Stetson's, I think Stetson's four. I think I think he, with, with his upside coming back, you know, there's no new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think they're going to release the reins on him a little bit more this year. I think the, uh, only, wep- the only weapon we lose, Troop, is, is, is James Cook. Yeah. Because, I mean, people are going to say, well, you lost George Pickens. Well, he didn't really play last year. Yeah, you know, and Jermaine Burton was kind of a non-factor too because he was injured um, a yeah. lot during the season, which people still don't realize that, but he was. Um, you know, but with the, the um, weapons we got coming back, um, you know, we got Milton, um, all those guys in the running back room. We just picked up another one um, that, that's there now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the sky's the limit for the offense. So um, I think he, he's good at number four. Um, I think his, his ceiling's high. Um, I think he can end up taking over that number one spot. I think Levis's ceiling, you know, is a lot higher than Stetson's um, from an athletic standpoint. Um, as far as his arm, um, I think the way that Kentucky's, you know, kind of maneuvering the offense around him and what he does well, I think that's going to, you know, benefit him a lot um, moving forward. You know, Hinton Hooker, I mean, he's thriving in that in that offense. Um, and, I mean, KJ is KJ. You know, he's, he's yeah. working with one of the brightest offensive minds in the league right now. Um, and Brow, so um, you know, Stetson coming off the national championship year, um, it's going to really depend on you know how he progressed during the summer. Um, but I think he's going to stay hungry enough to prove that is wrong um, and go out and put on a show. Um, one person that I did see, I think I tweeted it too um, between our, our group chat, is uh, I saw Spencer Rattler on one of the nation's top quarterback lists. And yep, nope, he didn't even play. <laughs> you know, after like the third or fourth game. So I don't understand how that works, but I guess if you go to a new school, I guess they just transfer your talents over there too. Um, I I, but, I don't know. I he's coming into a much much more difficult defensive league. I mean, I I could pull the Stephen A. card and disagree with you just for the sake of disagreeing with you, but I can't. Like he 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 lost his. You saw the the game in which he lost his job in. Like there there was one particular game where you you saw him and you were like, "Yep, he ain't coming back." Guess guess who that mighty defense was? Texas. Texas. And, and then going to be in SEC next year. Texas. Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> they, they struggle with Kansas. Yeah. Like he struggled with Kansas. Like he couldn't. Like he he's he's. I don't know what it is about him. I I can't pinpoint it. Yeah. But he's his fit- get out now. I mean, they love him at South Carolina. I um, mean, I yeah. coach Jaheim Bell down here in Valdosta. Um, they love him. Um, they, their chemistry is building. Um, of course, they love yeah. him. He can throw the ball a million miles, and yeah. and he has a little bit of he has a, a a swagger personality. Yeah, but I think he I think he'll struggle at the beginning. Um, I think he'll turn it on. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but you know he's going to struggle with some of these SEC defense. I mean, it's different mm-hmm. over here in this league. You know, the Big Twelve is more of a passing, passive type defense league, but this is a run stopping, hit you in the face type league. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the East is getting better. You know, any mm-hmm. at any point, anybody can win the East at this point because each team has, has gotten better, except for you know that team in Nashville. Yeah, um, right down the road. You know, the West is the West. I mean, you lose one in the West, I mean, you're out. 
you know, mm-hmm. presumably, you yeah. know, so, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be different over in SEC, big dog, but, yeah, you know, I never wish bad is. on him. I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah. I think he's going to struggle a little bit at the beginning from the, the speed of the game um, to, you know, progression reads to atmospheres and things like that. He's never been in an atmosphere like the SEC. Oh, no, not at all. Same. Not at all. And and it's gonna be it's gonna be struggling. Uh, I mean, you have all these defenses like Mark Stoops is gonna bring in that Kentucky defense. Mm-hmm. He's aggressive. He's gonna throw he's gonna throw bodies at you and yep. force you uh, force you to make quick decisions. He you know you have Georgia that's gonna come into town. Florida who's who's you know Billy. Na- I, I'm a believer in Billy Napier, although I think he's a year away. Um, I, I think he can get it done. We're gonna see if he's gonna move more towards the Jeff Collins route of too busy uh, in the social media marketing department offices uh, and, and forgetting to coach the team type level, <laughs> or if he's going to actually now coach the team like he's capable of coaching the team and, and they're going to be really good if he does Absolutely. that. I think Florida's getting some athletes now too. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they just got a big corner, um, a big time running back that just uh, committed to him as well. Um, and that's just, you know, that's a great job in recruiting, something that hadn't been done at Florida in a long time. So I think Florida's on their way back. Um, yeah. South Carolina's getting better. You know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're, they're getting better. Um, I think that defense is going to be really good. You know, they, they made some huge strides last year, especially in winning the um, the Mayo Bowl um, last year, mm-hmm. um, kind of building some momentum going into this year. we got Spencer Rout that comes into as well. Um, well. We'll see what Rattler has week two because they, they're traveling to Fayetteville. So we're going we're gonna to see. I mean, the SEC right now is just dominating across the board. Um, the Big Ten's trying to get in in it. Like we talked um, last week about, you know, USC and UCLA going into the Big Ten. Um, season noise about Clemson maybe coming to the SEC. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun ride for these next couple of years, especially this year. Mm-hmm. You know, considering that we just won national championship and we have a target on our back. Absolutely. And, 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 as Kirby always says, pressure is a privilege. So let's, uh, let, let, you know, media days is coming up. Everyone's going to want to know about Stetson Bennett. Um, so let's, let's dive deeper a little bit into him, uh, specifically. Um, we all know why he's presumably getting the lack of respect is because he's 5'10. Mm. Um, and he was a former walk on two star and wore jersey number 22 at one point. But what he, he has a high ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. He has all the athletic ability. What is it about Stetson that why did he overtake? So you, you have to ask yourself if you're a media member, you have to ask yourself, okay, what did Stetson Bennett do to overtake JT Daniels? Why did he do it? Why did Kirby see that in him? Because Kirby's not in the business of making emotional decisions, he's getting paid way too much, and the pressure's way too high for him to make emotional decisions. Why did Stetson win that job? I think just based off of uh, athletic ability. Um, at the same time, you got to think. Um, one thing they alluded to in the uh, national championship game and in the uh, semifinal game against Michigan, the the ability to lose pressure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're not a drop-back team. We've never been a drop-back team. You know, um, we rely on the run game. We rely on the run game to pass. Um, Play-action passes, you know, protection breakdown. You know, if you got a, a pocket passer back there, he's going to get sacked. Well, Stetson right. gives you the ability to run football. Um, yeah. Those zone read type situations, you know, where they clamp down the running back because we have some great running backs. Um, you know, he's able to pull the ball, you know, get you 10, 12 yards just, just off zone read. Um, eluding sacks, you know, I go back to the Auburn game that he started, you know, in Sanford Stadium. Um, you got uh, Big Cat coming off the edge, and he eludes the, he eludes the sack, you know, right. gets the shoulders around and throws a dart. You know, um, I think it was to Sims or something like that. So, I mean, it's it's the, the ability to move the pocket, um, the ability to make plays with your, with your legs um, when protection breaks down, um, and it's the ability to just maneuver in the offense, you know, without making a bad play. Now, does he have his faults? He does throw the ball into cover sometimes. He does, you know, let his eyes, you know, mess with him a little bit. But I think he's gotten better at that. Uh, you know, the kid just came off a national championship win. You know, had a, lack of better words, a shitty first half. Um, comes back in the second half, um, dominates the game. You know, throws that big ball to AD, to AD Mitchell. 
um, throws a big pass to, to Pickens, um, you know, and, lead, and leads the dogs to that championship. So, I mean, the kid's got moxie, you know. He, he grew a pair, to say the mm-hmm. least, you know, during, during that, that uh, match championship game. And, you know, it, it's, it's his job to lose. And I don't think he's going to lose it. He came back for another year. Um, I think he's, he's I think he's going to earn the respect, you know, that I think he deserves, you know, moving forward. I think you're – I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think – the, the best thing he did was grab the national championship game by the balls in the second half and take it over. Like that's, that's the best thing he did. He settled down. He made the throws. He took command of that offense and said, finally, for, for the first time that we've been hearing about this, hearing about this, hearing about this. And he just never really did it. Never really had to probably, but never really took it, took control of it. Like he did in that playoff run. Um, and after the SEC championship, I, I mean, I'll admit I was done with him after the SEC championship, I was done with him. I was like, okay, he's gotten us as far as he can get us, right? I was like, you know, I appreciate you, Stetson. This is as far as we can get you. Now I mean, we got to start exploring. And they probably did, but Stetson at that point, probably that first practice right after the SEC championship probably said, all right, enough's enough. I'm going to go take this job. I'm going to go take the reins of this thing. And he probably had to beat out JT Daniels again, and he did. And that's what made him play so well in, in the Orange Bowl you saw him a lot more comfortable with his reads in the RPO game, which was something that's been shaky at times. You've seen him and, and shaky at times because these defenses throw throw things at him that, you know, they're good. They're well coached. <laughs> the other teams are allowed to be well coached, and, and I don't think people realize that too. Yeah, so they recruit too. They recruit too. They they offer scholarships. I don't I don't know I don't know if they've stopped recently, but they they award scholarships too. So I, I think long answer short. I think I said that right. When that question is asked to Kirby at media days, I think it just comes down to the fact that he took control of the offense. The guys believed in him and and he made a run and he's going to continue to do that because it is the same offense, the same offense, the same guys minus a very small handful of people. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, you got a guy like Kirby smart, you know, he's been there a long time. He's been in business a long time, you know? So, I mean, you know, he knows, you know, he saw it, you know, he sees the, the full body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what, what they were going into. I think uh, Coach Malkin's like, look, we got to move the pocket. You know, and it gets team like Alabama, you got to move the pocket. You, know, you can't just sit in the pocket and throw the ball a hundred times. Dallas you Turner know, and Will Anderson will put you in the hospital if you do Absolutely. not move the pocket. So, um, you know, I think just from the simple fact of his athletic ability, the way that he uses his legs, is the reason why he, he was able to take over the offense the way he did. Right. Absolutely. So I think that answers the question. Why is that? Now, the second question, here's how we <laughs> we, we ask the questions before they're asked. That's, that's the beauty of this. So if you want to know, if you want a preview of, of media days, here you go. Because uh, this, this is what everybody's thinking, okay? You lose five, you lose five first-rounders on the defense. And several others that weren't in the first round, but you lose them off your two deep. I mean, you got you had backups drafted early. You had a backup drafted in the third round. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Channing Tindall. Um, how do you replace that? You don't. You reload. You got to think. Although there was a lot of guys taken in the NFL draft, there's a lot of guys that had quality playing time during mm-hmm. this run that Georgia made last year. Um, you got Carter. Uh, I think, I think Projected top ten. Coming back. Nolan Smith's coming back. Ringo's yeah. coming back. Um, you know, um, he got hurt last year. Uh, the cor- He was a corner, secondary kid. Transferred in. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Kendrick? Yes. No, no not Kendrick. Um, the other one. Oh, oh, crap. It lost me as soon as I thought about it. Anyway, yeah. he, he's coming back <laughs> this year. Yes. Um, you know, yes. so, uh, you know, know defense, defense is going to be fine. You know, you yeah. saw in the spring game, um, you just mm-hmm. need a couple guys to step up. You know, a lot of guys are going to have to be playing prominent roles that didn't have to play last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Barry Alexander, for one, is going to have to step up on, on the defensive line, um, you know, to, to help with help Carter. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, right now it's just, you know, let's go out and play ball. Let's play a reckless abandonment like we played last year. 
you know, play, make sure some man, some zone, and some blitzes. Just make sure everybody um, is on their assignment, and we're going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I don't see any wrong. I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, you have, uh, you know, you had five guys make the the preseason All American list, and uh, Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith, and Christopher Smith. Four of those guys are defenders. You just lost historical talent generational talent on your defense and you reload it with four more guys on the all-american list absolutely smith decided to come back you know he yep. was one of those guys projected to leave um but he decided to come back for one more one more uh run at it so bill decided to stay um you know so hey i mean like i said earlier you don't you, you really don't have to look around to see all right who's going to make a play i mean you just reloaded pretty much you know these guys just getting more significant snaps now yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt, and and you're gonna see, you're gonna see if uh, Jalen Dumas is going to, uh, you're gonna see if he can if he can step up in that in that uh, inside linebacker the the either the Mike or the money role. I mean, you're gonna see the linebacking core is gonna be the key to this defense. And what, what's funny is you're gonna see you're gonna be like, well, there's gonna be significant drop in production. Well, yeah. Six and a half to fourteen is significant drop, but it's still fourteen <laughs> points a game is still elite defense in this age of college football. So, yeah, I'll take that significant dip any day of the week. You know, you uh, got- I'll get concerned when we get in the the upper thirties. Absolutely, and Chambliss, you know, he made that big mm-hmm. hit against Michigan. I tweeted about that as well because um, mm-hmm. I was actually watching the game when I saw it. Um, you know, he, he's a big hitter uh, from Carrollton, um, who, who should see you know significant playing time this mm-hmm. year. Um, we saw he brings to the table. I mean, not many freshmen that go and stick their face into a 205-pound running back, you know, first play, you know, from scrimmage. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just a point of, you know, where do these guys fit? You know, how do we make this defense, you know, fit around their talent level is basically what it is. You know, do we have enough depth? You know, if one goes down, can we just replace him? You know, it's not like, oh, we're scrambling and trying to see, you know, who can we put in It's All right. He's down. All right, next man up. You got to have the next man up mentality. I think that's how Curry Smart goes about business. I think that's why we won the national championship last year. Because wow. even just going back to the offense standpoint, you know, uh, Jackson goes down. Uh, Pickens is, is hurt. You know, Burton is hurt a little bit. A.D. Mitchell steps up. Um, Bowers has a phenomenal year. Um, our running back group, you know, as a whole just, just goes off, you know, yeah. um, using Cook. You know, as a and not only just a decoy, but as a receiver as well. You know, it's just an X man on mentality, and that's the same thing on defense right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, coming back to the offensive side of the ball, the next the the next question will will probably center around the big boys. Uh, new coach Stacy Cyrils. Uh, he's not new to Georgia, but he's new because he wasn't here last year. Um, comes in, uh, Broderick Drone, Cedric Van Pran, Warren McClendon, all coming back. From their in their starting positions, the other two, uh, Jamari Sawyer and Justin Schaefer, off to the NFL. How do you replace them? Uh, probably one of the biggest gets of the entire uh, of the entire recruiting cycle was getting Amarius Mims back out of the portal. Get him to say no, thanks. I'm coming back to Georgia. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how this offensive line is going to be configured. Obviously, Van Pran is the center. Broderick Jones probably slots in at left tackle. Does Amarius Mims go inside? Is is that something he's versatile enough to do? I think he'd be dangerous. I think he'd be a hell of an athlete out there. Maybe, maybe he's one of those that wasn't quite quick enough for uh, for tackle. Yeah, I think you know you kind of you kind of play musical chairs with you know those last two positions. Um, I think we get Tate Ratliff back this year as well um, on the good. injury. Um, then we get Erickson back as well mm-hmm. um, from injury as well. So. Um, it's just going to be, like I said, next man up. You know, who who can understand? Because, like I said, the offense doesn't change. There's no new offense coordinator. Um, you're just building on what you've already installed. You know, Coach Serves is, is a phenomenal um, offensive line coach, offensive mind himself. Um, I think he just plays musical chairs to see what group, you know, gives us the best chance to win on, on Saturday. You know, so, you know, I think getting Mims back was, was huge from a depth uh, perspective. Um, and it's just up to him on how much he plays. Yeah, you know, so, absolutely. You know, that's that's kind of him. I think he was really upset, you know, at the fact that he wasn't running with the ones. But you know, hey, that's your fault. You know, yeah, it's, you got you got to get in there. It's it's a competition. 
Can we trust you? Um, do you know what to do? Um, are you doing what you're supposed to do? So um, it's going to be musical chairs, especially during fall camp, just to see what combination of guys can take over those last two positions, you know, which, you know, going into Oregon, going into Atlanta against Oregon, you know, do we feel comfortable with these guys? You know, can we win with these guys? And if they can't, hey, next man up. Here we go. No doubt. And and we'll, we'll see kind of how it goes, and we'll, we'll keep reports. Anthony Dasher, Roddy Nabolsi, Dane Young at UJ Sports do a really, really good job at that. And uh, a couple guys coming off injuries, uh, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Dominic Blaylock, all look ready to roll uh, in camp. So that'll be a breath of fresh air. I mean, you get Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington working with the best tight end group in America. And you got six guys that could probably – start and or play at other places. Even Brett Scyther and, and Ryland Good or Goody or however you say his name. I, I don't know how to say his name. I apologize, Ryland. But um you have six guys that could, you know, four of them could easily start anywhere in the country. Two of them could probably start most places and and play just about it just about everywhere. I you know it's probably as strong of a tight end room as I've ever seen anywhere anytime. Even even the U when they went through that run of, of, of Shockey to Olsen to uh, – no, Shockey to uh, Winslow to Olsen. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going from, you know, you know we're, we're getting uh, – you know, Bowers is, is going to be the, the, the next best thing. So And, and, and you're going to see Eric Gilbert and Oscar Delp, Darnell Washington, you're going to see those guys kind of filter out too. And up into the pro, so we'll have a similar, similar run there too, and we have them all together, which is even scarier. Absolutely, I mean that tight end room is absolutely phenomenal. Just picked up another one here from uh, South Georgia, my neck of the woods. Yeah, Colquitt. Yeah, we got uh, Nycar and mm-hmm. Thompson, um, another yeah. tight end that that is they they are phenomenal athletes. I mean they they are they're legit. Um, yeah. So I was glad to see them. You know, both of them commit. You know, um, you know. Dejan uh, Edwards also went to Cobb County as well, looking for him and have a big year too. Nice little um, pipeline so there. South Georgia, I mean, keeping these guys in, in Georgia, you know, mm-hmm. is, is really good, and especially, like I said in my tweet, very good that they weren't red and black. Um, exactly. So welcome to the family guys. And, you know, I and, think the sky's the limit for this, this Georgia group. I mean, you just can't. Georgia, Kirby Smart preaches it all the time. You know, just don't get complacent, you know. You know, you got a little bit of pressure on you now. Like, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to be complacent. Oh, we want it. You know, we good. We, we broke the curse. You know, so, you know, mm-hmm. are we good now? No, we're, we're trying to build a dynasty, you know. So. That's what we're trying to do. And it it takes good recruiting, good portal management, good roster management, all of which all of which we have done uh, to, to this point. Raylan Wilson comes in. Uh, he He's committed. Uh, he was uh, he decommitted from Michigan, and uh, he's a linebacker from Tallahassee, uh, Lincoln High School in Tallahassee. Uh, comes in 6'2", 215, uh, rangy kid, uh, special teams demon, has a lot of speed, physical ability, and, you know, just uh, really good against the run. I mean, uh, a lot of things you want the linebacker to do, he does at a really, really high level. Uh, four-star kid from, like I said, from Tallahassee, committed earlier. I think he committed Sunday um, to to the dogs. So Sunday, you saw that go dog sweep from from Kirby. That was him. Um, Debron Gatlin, he's a 2024 class, two that rivals 250 receiver. Uh, Brian McClendon has uh, is, is surging for him. Uh, some other recruiting news: uh, Troy Bowles, son of Todd Bowles, is. Uh, He's going to make a decision soon. He's uh, he's at Jesuit High School in Tampa. Uh, Jamal Jamal Jarrett, the 6'6", 340-pound uh, tackle, Ooh. defensive tackle, is coming. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's, he's choosing between Georgia and, and North Carolina. He is from Grimsley High School. He's from Greensboro, the site of the ACC tournament. Um or the former side of the SEC turn ACC basketball tournament, but um, oh my gosh, there, there's a picture here tweeted from Jamal Jarrett. He's standing side by side to none other than Jordan Davis. <laughs> if you didn't, if you blinked, you wouldn't. 
if you blinked and Jordan Davis had normal clothes on, you really wouldn't be able to like tell who's who. Yeah, I, they're they're the same size, which is scary. That's not a bad. That's not a bad look. By any means, Jonel Aguero, uh, five five eleven, one ninety seven, uh, four star kid from Massachusetts. Ma is Massachusetts, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a safety. He's uh he's a few miles away from uh, where Lewis Seen was originally from. So the northeast area. That's that's Fran Brown uh land up there. Coach Fran Brown getting his DBs, St. John's prep up in uh Danvers, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um so he's gonna make a decision here. A really good program too, so you know he's is gonna be well coached. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a huge gift for Georgia. Yes. Um, so you're looking at Miami probably in the mix for him as well. Ohio State is in the mix. And then, of course, Georgia. I think those are three that probably will land him. Justice Haynes, legacy kids. Um, his dad, shout out to Veron Haynes. He followed – he's the first blue check to follow Believe in Dogs on, on mm-hmm. Twitter. So make it I got a chance there. to speak with uh, Veron, um, you know, about Justice. You know, I mean, Justice is – I mean, he's a – man child i mean that mm-hmm. kid is phenomenal um two sport athlete um and he's got all the tools i mean he learned from the best so you know i hope he land him you know he'll he'll fit it right in with, with that running back crew um very dynamic great great pass catcher kind of kind of reminds me of, of, a, of a bigger um james cook um you know he can catch the ball out the backfield you know you can line him up in the slot you know things like that so i mean he, he would be a huge get for Georgia. No doubt. No doubt. And Caleb Downs from Mill Creek, I, I think he's the number one safety in America. I don't think. I know. He, uh, according to Rivals, class of 23, um, Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State yes. uh, are, are major players from him. Mill Creek would be a huge get from there because it's not typically a UGA pipeline. Um, it's not really a pipeline for anybody, really, so maybe Georgia can get a foothold there. Um, but uh, and then uh, Kelton Smith from Carver in Columbus, mm-hmm. big uh, offensive tackle. So that would be uh, that'd be a Del McGee get right there. So those are some names to look out for in recruiting. Uh, all phenomenal, phenomenal talents. Uh, Jamal Jarrett, uh, a remix of Jordan Davis. If we can get him from North Carolina, I think that would be outstanding. And then. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be off and off and running in the recruiting game. So, I'm uh, I'm liking that a lot. So, uh, but some other things you know that that we talked about, um, you know, coordinators. I saw uh, a friend of mine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal who the friend is uh, because if if you're listening, you I, I don't want to reveal it because he's a ghostwriter still. Hmm. Um, but um, a friend of mine was talking to me, uh, MikeFerrell.com. Uh, he's a he's a ghostwriter. Um, uh, no, I mean Mike Farrell made this. Mike Farrell did this. Um, he wrote about coordinators that are under pressure. Court, uh, so I want to talk about it because there's two names that show up on there that, yeah, they're going to be under a lot of pressure, but it's a different kind of pressure, and it is Muschamp and Shoe, Muschamp and. Mm-hmm. Will Muschamp, Glenn Schumann, co-defense coordinators taking over for Dan Lanning. I mean, again, if Georgia's defense falls significantly off, you're talking six and a half points per game to 17 points a game. That's a significant fall off. So we have to judge what is considered a failure and what's considered natural attrition from a generational defense. But no, nonetheless, they put the G on their shirt. They're under pressure, right? They're not real. They're not necessarily hot seat pressure like that. Like I, I think if I think if Georgia gives up twenty one points a game, they're not getting fired. Yeah. But I think the fans will fire them probably twenty three times every game. Mm-hmm. You, you'll you'll hear that. But Kurt, th- thankfully Kirby doesn't listen to the fans when he's making uh, hiring decisions. Otherwise, this team would look a lot different. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's any pressure on them, in my opinion, because at the end of the day, we all know whose defense it is. It's Kirby Smart's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's still heavily involved um, in a lot of the calls that go on, you know. So, you know, you got three defense coordinators in that room, you know. So, 
Um, I think they're going to be fine. Like I said, it's just like a puzzle, you know, just fitting all those pieces together and making a beautiful picture. Um, you know, will there, there be some downfalls? Absolutely, because you got new people going in new places. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a part of the draft, you know, transfer portal, things like that, graduation, you know, things like that. So, I mean, it's no different than any other year. You know, and those guys are experienced enough to go through it. Much chance of a former head coach. So, I mean, he completely understands it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can you can put them in the hot seat if you want to. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Shoe's been there for since Kirby's been there. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, he knows that defense backwards and forwards. Um, like I said, Muschamp, Muschamp, one thing Muschamp does do, he has phenomenal defenses. You know, not much of a head coach, you know, per se, but at the end of the day, I mean, his defenses are absolutely elite. So, um, from that standpoint, I understand why they're on the hot seat. I think it's more so the fact that, you know, you lose so many people on defense. Same thing Alabama's going through, but if anybody's on the hot seat, I would think it'd be him more than anybody that would be Mm -hmm. on the hot seat because they gave Talking about Pete Golding? Absolutely, because we all know that they gave up way more points in Alabama history last mm-hmm. year than they have in a long time. And we all know that's Kirby Smart. I mean, not Kirby Smart, but Nick Saban's defense. So, you know, it's just one of those things where people got to write about something. Yeah, they, 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 they got to have some somebody. And so they go to the highest pressure program and, <laughs> and look at the coordinators. So. On the national championship team. Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, it does. Uh, and there's a couple of newcomers uh, on this list. Like Jeff Levy is uh, about to enter his first season in Oklahoma, and Josh Gaddis is about to do the same in Miami. Um, yeah, lots of pressure. Hot seat, no. I, I don't think any of these – you read these names, and I think the only one that might be on the hot seat is Mark Whipple because his head coach is on the hot seat um, at Nebraska. Yeah. But – you know, you look at Jim Knowles at Ohio State, he's going to have an electric offense. So um, they're going to have an electric offense, so they're going to help. He's the defensive coordinator, but um, it, they're soft. Um, but he's, he doesn't have any pressure. That's just kind of their identity, and that's that's kind of what Ryan Day does. As long as they win the conference, he'll be fine. Uh, I think Josh Gaddis will have a lot of pressure on him. He might, he might coach his way into a hot seat if they don't perform well in a really bad conference. Uh, under new coach Mario Cristobal, who had some really good runs at, at Oregon. Um, he's hoping to do the same at Miami. And I think Josh Gaddis will finally have a finally have an avenue uh, to to kind of to kind of do his own thing. He I don't think he really got a fair shake at Michigan in that regard. So yeah. Um we'll kind of look to see what he's really got and this will give us a this will give us a clear picture. I don't think there's any pressure on him this year. I don't think he gets fired unless it's just an absolute abomination. Uh, same with Jeff Levy. I mean, Jeff Levy's a smart guy. Um, he's what Brent Venables wants in an offense. He looks at he looks across the he looks across the border over there at Arkansas and says, "Hey, they got a phenomenal defense, which I can provide. They got a great offense, so I'm going to take the brother-in-law of their offensive coordinator who does the same exact <laughs> stuff. I'm going to bring that over here to Norman, and we're going to pick up right where we left off, probably even better. Um, and so, is there a lot of pressure? Yeah, because there's a lot of pressure in Oklahoma regardless of what you do and who you are, as if you're associated with Oklahoma football, if you're not winning or you're not successful, you're going, you're going to get the business from the fans. Yeah. But From Oklahoma, hot seat. A, lot of, a lot of quarterback development. You, you lose mm-hmm. Caleb, you know, who you thought was coming back, you know, excited about that. Then he goes to USC. Um, you, you lose one of your, your top receivers. You know, he goes to USC too. Um, so, I mean, you know, do I think it's hot seat material? No. no. I mean, Oklahoma's always been very potent, you know, offensively, no matter who, you know, was calling the plays. I mean, it's Dylan Gabriel's their quarterback. So, you know, I mean, and you get him that, that comes in. So, I mean, he's got experience. Yeah. I mean, he, uh-huh. he's not just a rookie coming in as well. And he played uh, in the Hypel system, which is very similar to what Jeff Levy does. Like Jeff Levy, Kendall Bryles, Josh Hypel, they're all kind of in that Baylor, Art Riles type absolutely. offense. So, I mean, I think I think they'll 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 be fine. You know, like they'll I said, fine. they're Oklahoma. Know, people got to write about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I mean, to see what Derek Mason does at Oklahoma State, though. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to pick some names, right? Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I would put Derek. I have to put Derek Mason on this list. I mean, I I think he's more in tune for a flame out. 
than anything. Jeff Grimes maybe at Baylor if he doesn't perform. Maybe he's on the hot list. Um, you look at somebody like – I mean, you could say Kyle Flood, but he's not really the offensive coordinator. He's offensive coordinator by title at Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really – can't really say uh you can't really say that but uh you know he's more he's more of a hot seat guy like if he like if texas fails this year he's definitely going to be the fall guy but that's the only reason he's on the hot seat because he's not really the coordinator yeah. uh the other sec the other two sec coordinators that are on the hot seat see those are those are coordinators with the most pressure on them but you look at hot seat and it's like that plus you ratchet up 10 notches. Mm-hmm. Daryl Dickey, Bill O'Brien. Those are the two guys in the SEC that are on the hot seat. Bill O'Brien, I don't see why. I mean, I can see why from a philosophy standpoint, I think they should have run the ball a little bit more last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of did put him, you know, just throwing the ball. But I mean, when you got Bryce back there, you know, slinging it and you got, I mean, Jameson Williams, you know, and mm-hmm. all those guys out wide. I mean, why, why not throw the ball? Um, I think his philosophy changed a little bit this year. I think Nick Saban makes his philosophy change a little bit more this year to run the ball. Um, I don't who think, are they going to run the ball with? Jameer uh, Gibbs and Gibbs. Gibbs going to get it. <laughs> like, who, like who's their who's their Brian Robinson? Like, who's their other guy? They don't, don't know, have another guy. They're going to figure it out. Gibbs going to be uh, tired. They need to because I, yeah, I know Nick Saban's like we're going to run the football. Yeah. Um, but he did so, kind of put him in some bad situations last year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, coming from NFL to college, you know, it's totally different. You know, dealing with grown men, dealing with kids is, you know. Over. And dealing with roster limits, too. I mean, I, I made this point on SEC After Dark about their receivers and their lack of development in receivers. He comes from, he's been in the NFL all but two years of his entire career mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. He, he did some college stuff early, but he, did, he wasn't really a difference maker. But, like, most of his time is in the NFL – and in the NFL, you have five, maybe six receivers total. Uh, at, at Alabama, you're like double that. So, you know, and, and even in those six receivers, like two guys are really getting most of the work, and those guys kind of coach themselves anyway. Absolutely. He like in college, you, you you know, you got the gamut of guys. Like you got kids coming in, mm-hmm. not grown men. You got kids coming in, so you got to develop those kids. They never did. So when Mechie got hurt, they took a, they took a hit. And then when Jameson got hurt, they fell apart. Like, you're Alabama. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not an excuse. I mean, it is what it is. But you have to have next man up. Like, if, you know, Georgia lost Pick- Georgia lost Pickens, we were uh, we, we developed Lad McConkie and uh, A.D. Mitchell. <laughs> they did yeah. just fine. At the end of the day, you know, all those guys, you know. Mm-hmm. All your guys have to get ripped. I'm believing yeah. that. You know, even in my offense right now, you know, my upcoming sophomores are still getting reps with, with the ones, with the number one group. Um, as you know, if my starters go down, they got to play right now. You know, yeah. there is no tomorrow. They got to play right now. You know, so I think that's that's something that Alabama has to do better. Of course, you know, third down situation, big play situation, you want your, your dudes in the game. But one goes down, you know, you got to have some backup for it to go. They got to know the offense. They got to know where they, where they are. Quarterback has to build chemistry with those guys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one thing Alabama didn't do a good job of last year that I'm pretty sure they're putting the emphasis on this year, especially going to the ball camp. Because I don't think they really had an identity. Like I think their identity ebbed and flowed with each game, which is true of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, like some games you'd have Brian Robinson get 38 carries and some games he would get 12. Yep. You know, it, and it just kind of ebbed and flowed, so you never really knew. So Bryce Young, I, you know – it just didn't really seem like it had any sort of flow or continuity or true identity. And, you know, you get these NFL guys. I mean, I felt that way about Kentucky a little bit too sometimes mm-hmm. where they got a little bit clunky and, and that's what kind of like Kentucky could have been a 10, 11 win team. Yep. They could have, they could have won every game except for uh, the one against us, Yep. but they didn't, they went what nine and three. And if I'm a, if I'm a coordinator coming in, if I'm an offensive coordinator looking at what Joe Brady did at LSU, came from the NFL, came in, you know, and of course there were two offensive coordinators, he was co-coordinator, but we all know who called the plays for LSU. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're not dumb, you know. So depending what he did with uh with Joe Shiesty, you know, I call him Joe Shiesty because he's that cool. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with the 
the way that he led LSU's um, Joe Shiesty, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So you know they they were they, I mean we, we run or pass. You know the RPO game was great. Um, you know Joe did a great job managing the offense. Um, both Joes did um, in that regard. So mm-hmm. you know I'm taking a, uh, a look at what he did at LSU. You know if I'm an NFL guy coming in or for, or from just coordinator in general, you know kind of see what he did to in one year just kind of take over that offense and kind of, you know, maneuver it the way he did and look so it's a national championship. There's always a guy behind the scenes, right? Um, and you had generational talent and you did what, exactly what you were supposed to do with generational talent. So, so, so save the, well, they had generational talent. So of course they were going to be good. No, they did. And they did exactly what they should have done. Yeah, those same um, guys were there the year before. Yeah. And the Next same, and, and, and you look at Florida, they had generational talent on offense and they went eight and four. So, you know, what is it? Coaching. Um, so, and I think Todd Monken was headed this way for, for a minute too, but I, I think he kind of learned some things uh, about the main differences between college and pros. And he's had some experience in college. He just had to, you know, get back on the bike and, you know, keep mm-hmm. riding a little bit. Uh, his was just a little bit of rust. He, he, I mean, he's been successful on both levels, so he kind of knows, but you know, you, you bring in, Buster, who's a former coordinator and been a coordinator in the college game, you know, in, in group of five, and you kind of bring that mentality in to kind of help him. Then now you bring in uh, McClendon, who's been a coordinator. So that's only going to help this offense. And you're going to have some ideas flowing and, and college guys. So to, to help Munkin, who's more known for, for his time in the NFL at this moment, at this time, um, same with, same with what Bill O'Brien's got to do. That, that you know, Saban has got to get Saban's got to get him. A, you know, you know, Joe Brady was the guy in Insminger's ear, mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, here's how you beef up your college version of what you're doing." He's got to have since O'Brien's an NFL guy. He's got to have a college guy that's in Bill O'Brien's ear, and Bill that's O'Brien's got to be willing to listen. Got to have him in his ear so that like you can look at. You can look like more like what what Sark looked like. Absolutely, you know everybody's got to have help, and you know you can't be too stubborn to not get help. I think that's what Bill O'Brien did a lot of last year. He didn't. He would hear him, but he wouldn't listen. You know, there's a difference mm-hmm. in hearing somebody and listening to somebody. Exactly. Exactly. So, is he on the hot seat? I guess if like. If they lose three games and they score less than double digits in those games, probably, yeah. If their offense is a disaster and they're winning games just because of Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, then, yeah, he's probably on the hot seat. I just don't see it right now. Yeah. I just don't see Bill O'Brien right now on the hot seat. But I guess in a program like Bama, you kind of have to be. And and, and you, you kind of just – people feel like he kind of just lucked into it, I guess. Expectation uh, just way too I mean, high. I, mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, I I get it. I get it's it. Alabama, you know. It's Alabama. It's I, I I get it. I get it. I understand why he's on the list. I just uh, I'm not there yet. So, but Troop, look at this time, man. Like I felt like we just I felt like we just came on board. Yeah, right and on time. Our, right on time. Information in. Yeah, I mean, we. You want to talk about? You want to talk about a sprint? Well, that was like a hundred yard dash of information. <laughs> Um, so be sure look on the bottom ticker, be sure to follow us, uh, be sure to follow on TikTok. Uh, I had a top 10 stadiums list, uh, the, the week you were out, uh, Steve filled in for you. Uh, the top 10 stadiums list is, uh, I think it's eclipsed 10,000 or 8,000 views now. Love it. Um, or it's getting close. Uh, I got a couple of, uh, the, the one with Vinny is up to almost 400 views, uh, on TikTok. So follow our TikTok account. Seem to seem to be putting out some, uh, some, some pretty good content there. We'll put out some more from this show. Um, as we go, uh, I got into Kobe Dean clip coming up this weekend, uh, that that's going to go live. So follow us there. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Uh, troop is the, uh, is the content master on Twitter. If you want some good content there, the, uh, He's got the most powerful thumbs in South Georgia. So um, check him out there. Um, neither of us really do Instagram that well, so um, I'm learning. But, you know, check us out uh, wherever you can. Check us out every Monday night. Check us out every, well, for now, just kind of every Thursday or Friday, wherever we get 
wherever we get time at this point. But um, yeah, so be safe out there. The weather is bad. COVID cases are up a little bit. So be safe. Have a great weekend. We hope you have a. We hope you've had a great week. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here. Well, Troop and I will join Vinny, and we'll see you on Monday night. Mm-hmm. So long. See you later, and goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.